Aloha, this is your mean squirrel, here with a quick disclaimer. This podcast contains explicit content and parental discretion is advised. So no bitching if you fucking get offended by anything. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to the Squirrel Tangent. Um, with me today is just me, myself, and actually uh, a really special guest for me because, well, not only is this um, my dad, uh, Pat, say hi. Hello. <laughs> uh, on top of that, um, considering recent circumstances, I felt that it was really important for me to have not only my dad, but also a registered nurse on the podcast for one show at least. Um, because, well, I, I want to say a big, 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 big thank you to medical staff everywhere. Um, so the quick rundown is that I had an incarcerated, in, incarcerated, hernia in my um, umbilical area and I don't know how doctors and nurses and assistants and techs and all of them how many people are involved in a typical like simple surgery it can be as few as two there can be as many as needed Uh, I, I think there was like at least four people in the room when when I went in for mine and it, it was a simple surgery apparently because I mean it, it was like a one inch incision and mm-hmm. but I, I had a I had as of Sunday last week I had developed an infection in an in, in my hernia and I had not eaten from Sunday until last Friday um and what ended up happening on the surgery table, I don't know how they did. They don't even flinch on the surgery table. As they are strapping me down, I yanked my arm out of the strap, leaned to the side, and I threw up what they said had to be, had to have been at least a liter or more of vomit all over the floor, into the mask, all over myself. I do not remember it getting wiped up because I was already asleep seconds later. And the next thing I knew, I woke up. The surgery was done. I was cleaned up. I was sitting in recovery with a tube down my nose, sucking out whatever was left in my stomach. And here I am today, less than a week later, recording this podcast. Thank you. (laughs) And... Thank you to my dad, who is a registered nurse in labor and delivery in Florida, no less. Um, being a labor and delivery nurse, I mean, is that is that where you wanted to go in the first place? Well, no, I wanted to be in pediatrics. But um, I did a few years working with uh, burn children, and it got to be very depressing. Oh, so I managed to switch over to labor and delivery, which to me is the happiest floor in the hospital. I mean, who, who doesn't want to celebrate birthdays? Right. Birth of a new child. With and very few exceptions, it's, it's, a, it's a happy occasion. Right. And more often than not nowadays with medical modern, modern technology, which is akin to magic for 50 years ago, is, you know. I mean, back about the time you were born? Shut up. I'm not that old yet. Close. Five years off. Uh 
but it, it like a birth is is damn near a simple thing anymore, right? I mean, in comparison, oh, it's never simple. Yeah, it's a, the only the only reason guys don't get pregnant is there's too much pain involved. Guys cannot take pain. We're wimps. Uh, Face it. I, I'm told that. I am told that. And and yeah, no, I, I believe it. Uh, oh, and one other thing. I might burp frequently during this podcast because I am still days later having massive amounts. Of, is that like normal? Like it can be usually with a, uh, a laparoscopic procedure. They make the incision. Then what they do is they inflate the abdomen with gas so that they can uh, get a light in there and see what they're doing, move things around. Oh, great. So I was a little and balloon. Then the gas eventually gets absorbed into your bloodstream, which later has to go out somewhere. <laughs> great. So I was a skin balloon. That's that's how I'm taking that. Um you're actually being witness to my first little bit of coffee since then. I'm, I'm taking it slowly. This is my first pot of coffee I've made since the operation on Wednesday, since I've been home since Friday. So, and, and I'm being gentle with it. I, 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 I have a pound bag of Death Wish coffee, which I have not opened because this is the most caffeinated stuff you could possibly buy. So I am not opening that until I am 100% sure that, you know, I can handle. <laughs> um, but it's like every new thing that I'm, I'm experiencing, it's either like the best version I've ever tasted in my life or it's the absolute worst thing. I'm like, why did I like this before? Like we had Taco Bell after because I hadn't eaten for a week. I'm like, man. I really want some Taco Bell. And I had Taco Bell. Sure you're not pregnant? Yeah. Brandy's making fun of me because I did have her make me some green lime jello. Um but I finished the Taco Bell and I'm like, I'm I don't think I'm ever gonna order Taco Bell again. I just really wasn't Yeah. I don't even think it changed my taste buds. It's just that I got rid of so much in my body that, that, yeah, I don't feel the desire for that. Taco Bell. When was the last time I was there? Probably the mid nineties. Before yesterday, it probably been three or four months. I, because, okay, so a year ago I found out I was diabetic. The people that listen to the podcast on the regular know this. Um, and it runs in my family, both sides. Uh, so I do have to watch myself and be careful. Um, I have lost a truckload of weight. Uh, to the point where I uh, I don't know if you know this dad my latest update is that 31s are actually loose enough for me to fit my entire hand down the front of my pants while they're closed so okay. I went from a 44 to 31s are actually kind of loose I could without unbuttoning them pull them off um, sounds good uh, yeah I, I I haven't been that size since I was 19 <laughs> um but my diet has changed a lot, but there's still the different things that I just love. Like you could not get me to give up my coffee. I love my coffee. Um, probably in the same way that you don't want to give up your iced tea. I'm sure someplace in the background you have a giant thing of iced tea. <sighs> As you pull it off to the side. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i mean where where he's got his iced tea i've got hot coffee we you know we all have our vices um but now but there's no there's no sweetener in my tea no and none in mine either uh like when i go to work i i do i do iced tea at work because i have the uh the thermoflask containers yeah 
And what I do is I, I make it super, super, super strong the night before so that I can just fill it halfway. And then I use the ice at work and then and then mm-hmm. fill it up the rest of the way with water. And um, but I use a com- uh, it's uh, half black tea and half white tea. So it's not quite as strong as the black tea, but not quite as as light as the white. You know, but still way better than the typical Lipton Brown. Yeah, but you still get plenty of caffeine. Oh, yeah. Well, caffeine is a way of life. (laughs) And then I started getting into... uh, Okay, so the idea of doing it came because we ordered um, more black tea and Amazon sent us the wrong thing. They sent me the little K-cups. And... I don't have a K-cup brewer. The hell am I going to do with that? And Brandy's like, well, why don't you get one of those tea infusers and you just pop it open, use the tea in there and the tea infuser. Well, that was a great idea, except for the tea in the K-cups is, is like powder. Yeah. Um, so that didn't work too well. But now I have a tea infuser and nothing to use it with. So I ordered some loose leaf tea. And... There's mm-hmm. some really good flavors out there. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Again, excuse me. Um, but no, now I'm experimenting with those. If, if, you, if you're interested in that one on Amazon, there's actually uh, like trial sets. They're like uh, one or two ounce uh, tins with different flavors, like nine different flavors that you can get. Mm-hmm. And then you could just you'll get like 60 or a hundred different uh, servings out of that. Well, my favorites are uh, peach mango and uh, Earl Grey. Earl Grey. Earl Grey would be one we'd serve in this house. Brandy is um, violently, violently opposed to anything peach. Like anything I don't what? anything peach. I, I'm, oh. I don't have peach in the house. Um, that and beans anything that is bean related little green aliens peas uh, which i'll eat peas now but um black beans red beans pinto beans lima beans beans no they they they, we just don't bother because there's there's no brandy sees them and starts getting you know so that makes things easier we just don't get it But, um, oh, so what, what would be probably your most interesting story from what you do? Like, okay, see, bus drivers like myself. We have all these stories about the things that we see day in and day out, the passengers that we see, the people we talk to, the things we see in traffic, the stupidity of the people we see in traffic. But there's a whole different storyline for nurses. Oh, yeah. I, I've learned that uh, rocks can get pregnant. Who? Rocks. Rocks. Some of these women have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to one young lady about uh, travel, vacations. She said she'd like to go to Africa, but she's worried about lions. I said, well, there's countries in Africa that don't have lions. She says, Africa's not a country? Oh, God. Wow. Women giving birth. Will I be able to pee again? How does that work? They come out of my pee hole. No, they don't. Okay, now now I am not a medical professional, and I happen to know the difference between, you know, there's two entrances. There, what? <laughs> I've had fathers to the baby wonder how the baby fits out the butt coming out. 
Wow. So, so stupid is not limited to traffic or passengers on buses. It definitely goes into parenting. And why are these people parents? Ask that the woman who's 20 years old having her fifth baby. 20 having her fifth? I've had 12-year-old giving birth. Wow. I mean, that's not even... That's basically not even through puberty. That's like... That's the equivalent of a kitten going through its first heat, getting pregnant, and having a kitten while it's a kitten. Yeah. Kids having kids. And I've had a 24-year-old mother proud of her daughter, 12-year-old daughter, having twins. Okay. She's going to be a grandmother at 24. That's... They lived in a trailer, you know? Literally lived in the trailer. You're not talking about trailer trash? Wow. Man. So I've also had 40-year-olds having their first baby. Right. And, and so, you know, I mean, I'm not I'm not upset at somebody having a child young. I, I you know, I understand life happens. Um especially nowadays with the sex education what it is a lot of kids have no clue like none they they don't understand the concept like i've actually heard stories about kids saying well you can't get pregnant the first time can you well you see that's a thing boys will tell girls you can't get you can't get pregnant the first time <sighs> just because they're trying to get into their pants uh, yeah, and, and and the unfortunate thing is, is that girls will listen, and it's because they want to. They, and then a lot of the young girls, they're they agree to it because there's an older guy paying attention to them. Right. Right. And and so so, parents out there, talk to your kids. Talk to them young. Um, I give all credit in the world to my parents. Uh, my mom and dad, God, how old was I? We were still in Panama, I think. You in Panama? We were still in Panama. So you were what, 12, 13? 12, 13 years old. And they took me to a library, and I remember this. They took me to a library, and they showed me a book about STDs. I learned about gonorrhea and syphilis and, and, and all kinds of different stuff, photographs included. And that scared me off of sex for a hot minute. I mean... It wasn't a really long minute, but it was a hot minute. And you waited till you were what, 16? 15. 15th birthday. 15? Oh, yeah. Okay. 15th birthday. Um, but even then, though, because of that, what I was shown, I'll be damned. The Trojan and I weren't best buddies. I mean, we. we I had an intimate knowledge of what a condom was, how it worked, where it went, how it got put on. When they had sex ed in, in school, I was like, whatever, here, give me the banana. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and that's just because it, I wasn't going to be stuck like that. I wasn't going to be a 15 year old dad. Um, and I give, a lot of credit to the guy that's on the other end and my mom for that. They were very, very open, very, very candid with me about all things adult. They didn't hide or lie or disguise anything from me because, well, I guess, why? Why would you? Um, 
And as a result, I think I was way, way better prepared in life for the adult stuff that would come up. And Kids need to be. They do. And unfortunately, I, I've seen, witnessed, and, and heard about way too many kids that aren't. They aren't even remotely prepared or, or, or in the know about anything. You know? A lot of times it's, not, it's because of religion. Yeah. Sex is a taboo subject. You never yeah. talk about it. And, and so that's where, the, where do the kids learn? The kids learn on the streets. Yeah, they learn on the streets. They learn on Pornhub. And if you don't think your kid has found access to Pornhub someplace, you're joking with yourself. Um, because let me tell you, that's an easy site to get to. And if their example of sex is what's on Pornhub, well, young ladies out there, if you're listening, first off, you should be listening with an adult next to you anyway, because this is an adult content. Uh, podcast um, not all guys are nine inches long it doesn't normally last 45 minutes to an hour in fact if you can get most guys your age age range to last more than five minutes you're doing damn good or he's gay um and, and it is painful the first few times. And it is painful the first few times. You will bleed. It's enjoyable. It's enjoyable for the guy. Oh yeah, and no he's doubt. Gonna keep, he's going to keep going at it. No doubt. It is never not enjoyable for the guy. And for the guys that are listening, it's painful the first few times. Be patient. Take your time, dude. There's more fun in the tongue than there is in anything else in the, during that whole process. So enjoy it. Um, but so, so we've come to the conclusion that stupid exists everywhere. It doesn't take brains to get pregnant. No, apparently it doesn't. What, so what, like I go back to, I go back to what I said, rocks can get pregnant. <laughs> what's your, um, What's probably your happiest one though? Like, like there's always there's always the wow that just happened. You know the inspirational. Oh my god, that was just that was an amazing, beautiful, great experience. What what was that one for you? It's always the first time when you put the baby on the mother's chest. After the baby's born, the umbilical cord is still attached. She sees her baby for the first time, and the father's got tears in his eyes. Or he might be passed out on the floor. That happens. <laughs> but, you know, see these great big burly guys just crying, seeing yeah. their baby for the first time. Yeah. You know, that, that's a very moving time. It's kind of like everybody cries at a wedding. Can you imagine that your 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 job, dear listeners, is what what my dad does, which is helping to deliver babies. Sometimes delivering him himself. I mean, yeah, how, doctors how, don't always make it on time. How how often? I did, I did one. I did one last week. Yeah. How often would you say that happens? For me, yeah, once every couple of months. But I might go a few months without doing it, or I might go a month and have three or four. Yeah, but you know, can you imagine? You know, everybody's heard that that old adage: the uh, everybody cries at weddings. Can you imagine that your job every day is seeing babies born, and everybody cries at a birth? Like, you, you can't help but get choked up. Because you see that smile on the mother's face holding the baby for the first time. The the dad choked up because he sees his, his newborn son or daughter or sons and daughters. Um, that, that's, that's gotta be, that's gotta it's be, rewarding. yeah, it's gotta be really rewarding. 
And because I remember when you were working that that burn unit, what what hospital? That was um, the Shriners Hospital, the Shriners California. Hospital in California, where God, Those that kids must... aren't sick; they're hurt. They're in a lot of pain. Yeah, and it's not that you don't want to help them; it's just that seeing that much pain has got to be torture. Yeah. So, I mean, for the doctors that have to deal with that. Again, my shout out to the doctors, the nurses, everybody that works in the hospital industry. Um, you helped me through an incident just recently. I'm still in recovery, sitting up and I get out of breath really easily. Hey, you should be proud of me. I walked about... Uh, well, so far today, it's been 2,712 steps, which is probably about all I'll do. I might hit 3,000 steps today, and that's like pushing it. Um, but that I, I walked to Walgreens, and the trip that normally takes me 15, 16 minutes to get there took me a little over an hour because I had to stop multiple times to catch my breath and rest and stop. What's with the pain in the shoulders? Again, that's probably the gas in your system. And, and that's usually where you'll feel it. Little gas bubbles going through your system. Okay. That because, Oh, I, I'm used to gas gut coming out the ass gas in that range but when it's in the wrong place <laughs> well you figure you're you're from your from your mouth to your butt is one closed system right nothing goes to the rest of your body your bloodstream gets the nutrients from the food you eat through the intestines right it goes through the walls and the intestines. The air does not. Okay. So now... So if they're, if they're going to pump your abdomen full of air... Okay. Then it's got to leave the body somehow. Okay, so it's getting back into my bloodstream, which is eventually getting back into my digestive system, which is eventually getting back out of my body. But in the meantime, it's still floating around in my body until it gets into the bloodstream. Yeah, it's little tiny bubbles all around through your body. Uh, I can't wait till that stops. I mean, by the time I got to the corner, my my shoulder was like, and they told me to walk and to do it that way, and that would help. And and I am. Brandy's like, well, you're the one that chose to walk to Walgreens. Like, I need to. I need to recover as fast as possible because I have to get back to work. Uh, The only place I walked today was on the beach and went fishing. Eh. Well, and part of the part of my weight loss thing was, I I uh, I walk. Well, before this, I would walk for an hour to an hour and a half a day, just like a solid hard walk. Plus, any walking that I did during the day, I was averaging between fourteen to uh, fourteen to sixteen thousand steps in a day. Mm-hmm. And to be only doing, you know, yesterday I did seventeen hundred steps. I did a thousand more today. Uh, to only do that little bit, I, I feel I have the guilty thing where I only did twenty seven hundred, you know. <laughs> but mm-hmm. beyond that, though, I'm like, okay, but that twenty seven hundred felt like I just walked five miles, and you know, I'm I run out of breath faster, and it's not that it's it's painful. I'm I'm not really experiencing any pain now. Uh just this constant feeling of just that little wall of gas that that is constantly trying to you know every time i put something in it pushes a little bit more out yeah uh so i'm looking forward to that ending um so oh yeah and i got two doctor's appointments on monday those should be the only doctor's appointments i need and then that puts all my paperwork in my my fmla and everything like that so um but 
it, it's been an interesting experience because this is in my memory my first surgery i don't think i've had i never had a surgery as a kid did i no you had a broken collarbone one time um and i no surgery involved with that yeah I, did, I wasn't even old enough to remember that one no you fell backward off the slide and you were still in diapers Ladies and gentlemen, growing up in the 80s, or that would have been in the 70s, um, because if I was not old enough to remember it, it would have been pre-five, which would mean, yeah. Um, but it's been an interesting experience. Like, I've had to go to the hospital before. I I've, I've was hit by a car last year. Um, but the experience of being put under that was strange mm. <clears throat> god um where do you have your first colonoscopy oh uh, not looking forward to it um yeah it's something you need to do though you're getting of that age eh, yeah yeah don't remind me I'll be stubborn and Brandy one day is going to slap me about the face and I was like, go in and get it done. Uh, yeah, okay, okay, I'll do it. Um, the other thing I'm finding though also is that everybody's recover, how people recover is different for every person. Um, because like Brandy with her disabilities, if she went in for something like this, her recovery would, one, be a lot longer. He's recording a podcast. Hi. Sorry. Whoever you Gala are. Gala just got home. Hi, Gala. <laughs> and, but, I mean, every person's, how they deal with, with medical happenings and stuff like that is different in, in every situation. Um, like, for me, I, I know I have to walk so I power through it, but, Brandy would not physically be able to do what I did today. Like what I did today would have been difficult for her. And my first surgical experience was also a hernia. It now, was a little lower down than yours. Yeah, and your yours didn't didn't you say they had a they stapled you shut? Yeah. I got lucky. I'm guessing they have yeah. stitches underneath. Yeah, but they're dissolving stitches. Right. That's what I'm I'm guessing. Yeah, they got stitches stitches on the inside, but the the outside, how they actually closed me up was glue. Yeah. Derma bond. And dude, I don't know what kind of glue and adhesives they use in hospitals, but I am three days later and I still have a black square going around here that I've I've been like rubbing with hand sanitizers and alcohol and Whatever adhesives they use in hospitals, that shit sticks. It doesn't well, yeah, go. You don't, you don't want the IV to pop out. No, it doesn't. Hold it in. I mean, I yeah, and I still get little bits over here on my arm too, and and I don't even want to think about the what they use to, to seal me up over here. But my belly button feels wrong because I had like this hard line going across my belly button. So, I mean, I'm not scrubbing it or anything like that, but a curiosity killed the cat and I'll, you know, I'll reach down and touch it. I'm like, this is weird. It, have, it, it, it It's hard. <laughs> that's, a, that's a scar tissue. Uh, Brandy says also my belly button now looks like a new butthole. Because, hmm. you know, it, it's changed shape. I've had the hernia for years. Our guess is that um, back when I was a DJ in Hawaii, um, the uh, all the equipment that I was lifting for that, you know, like my amp rack was 80 pounds. Each one of my speakers were 45 to 50 pounds a piece. Uh, the light mm -hmm. racks and the, the, the speaker stands and the, you know, my gear was not lightweight. So all of that stuff probably gave me a hernia in the first place. 
It's entirely possible. And, you know, I had, I had that one doctor. It was like, you know, it, I, I see that you have the hernia. Is it causing you any pain? No. Does that hurt you at all? And he started poking at it. No. Then don't worry about it until you need to worry about it because that's just an unneeded expense. It could, you could live the whole rest of your life and never experience any pain or discomfort. I'm like, okay. You know, (laughs) Uh, okay. It didn't work that way. Well, at least, at least it happened while you had medical uh, insurance. Right. At least it happened while I had medical. And I've, as much as I know that this is going to cost me an arm and a leg, I have not seen the bill. I'm really scared to see the bill. Um, I've gotten really good care. Um, like, immediately after the operation... I still wasn't allowed to eat because I had that tube down my nose and everything like that. So they were feeding me ice chips and I don't know what they were doing for nutrients or anything like that. Um, but I was choking down. I probably put down a couple gallons worth of ice chips. Um, but like the moment I asked, the nurses were right there. After I get home, Two days later, they call me up and say, hey, we'd like to send out a team to come and do a post-op checkup on you. So they sent out a uh, um, nurse practitioner to come and do a quick checkup on me to make sure everything was okay, if I had any questions, if I had anything that I needed. And and I'm like, I'm getting top-notch care. Again, I am sure top-notch comes with a top bill. Oh, yeah. Um. But you're going to get separate bills probably from the anesthesiologist, uh, from the hospital, from the ER department, and from the visiting uh, practitioner. Yeah. So whatever your insurance doesn't cover. Uh, yeah, which, you know, given the fact that we live in this wonderful country of America, that means that I'm going to have a bill that's probably going to be stuck with me for the rest of my life. Um but you can always fight parts of it. You can usually get them reduced because they're going to charge you as much as they can, but you can fight it. And And, I, I usually get some relief on them. I may don't just, don't just accept them. Uh, Okay. Then I question, question every item on your bill. Okay. I, I don't, I, I, again, this is my first operation. This is my first anything really with, with medical, um, I mean, uh, my, my emergency room bill was, was just immediately a thousand dollars just for going to the emergency room. I know that much just for going to the emergency room. Grand. Mm-hmm. You know, at least you didn't write an ambulance. No, uh, I was lucky on that point because what happened, see what had happened was, um, the whole thing started off on Sunday and I started off the day, typical day. I felt fine. Got up. I made my, uh, my smoothie because you know, with, with the diet, I'm still trying, I was still trying to knock off a couple of pounds. Um, well, you managed to do that. uh, Yeah. We'll, we'll see where I am once everything starts leveling off. Um, but when, when I finished my smoothie, I was my my stomach started hurting. I was like, "Man, feels like I got some mad gas." Like, oh, I felt horrible. Um, I'm like, "Okay, Brandy, give me some gas pills." And I went back. I took some gas pills, and I was like, "You know, I'm gonna have to call into work because there's even if I got rid of the gas, I'm not gonna be able to get into work on time." And and the way the way buses work probably not the way the hospital works because we have a super strict scheduling thing if we miss our start point we might as well just not be there they've already sent somebody out just it's gone it it, it, it's unlike where like i used to be security 
where if I miss my start point, well, they just kept the person that was before me a little bit longer. And, and, you know, I came in and took over and I humbly apologized and got a slap on the wrist for being late. Now it's, if I'm even one minute late, they've already got somebody out there pre-tripping my bus and on the way out to do my run. They've already replaced me because they cannot be late. If, if, uh, if they're late, they, they get fined by the city. So I call into work and I'm like, yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like ass. I have to stay home. And a few hours later, I'm like, oh man, I really feel bad. So I, I call, I actually called 911. I called an ambulance and they said that it didn't look like it was it was incar- uh, incarcerated or or infected because it at that point in time there was no discoloration or anything like that um mm-hmm. so best bet would be to make an appointment the next day with doctor and go in and see my primary care physician and see you know get it taken care of um so instead of going to the uh, ER because, you know, going to the ER, they would have just sent me home and done the same damn thing. So that would have been a thousand dollar bill to go to an ER for another thousand dollar bill for them to send me home. Um, I made the appointment and later on ended up canceling it because what happens when you throw up? you feel instantly better. Like mm-hmm. I threw everything up. I was, bleh. it looked like I threw up a whole freaking, it, it looked like something out of the exorcist, except it was a much darker pea soup. It was split pea soup. Um, and so that happened and I'm like, oh my God, I feel so much better. I still don't feel great, but I feel so much better. I'm going to cancel this doctor's appointment while I still can and just sleep it off, recover. And that, that was fine. Except the next day I was in the same boat and I got so, I I was so bad off that I re I called and reset up a, a doctor's appointment, and this time, what no matter what happened, I was gonna, I was gonna make that doctor's appointment because I'm like, look, this isn't going away. And before it even got to that doctor's appointment, I vomited again, just this huge. And this time, I didn't even make it to the bathroom; it was all over my damn bedroom floor, and same copious amounts of volume. I mean, it, it had to have been at least at least a liter to a liter and a half of fluid. And it's not like you developed an ileus or a complete blockage. It might have. So I had no place to go except back out. It might have been. I don't know. And, and so after that happened, I, I was lucky enough. I got some friends that drove me to my appointment and they hung around to make sure I was okay. And when I got into the doctor's office, he took one look at me. He went and got a second doctor to come in and look at me. The second doctor came in, looked at me, looked down at my belly button, said, okay, I need you to go to the ER. And do you have a way to get there or do we need to call you an ambulance? Mm -hmm. I called my friends up. We went straight to the ER. We went straight to the ER uh, at, and, and, the hospital I went to desert Springs hospital medical center. Um, I don't know if you guys will ever get to hear this. I hope you do. I am going to tag you in the post and everything. Um, you guys are awesome, but I got into the hospital. They took me in. I might've waited around an hour, hour and a half. I mean, hospitals are busy. Vegas is one of those cities that's getting kind of pushed a little hard right now. Um, and 
you know, that was Tuesday night. I was admitted to the hospital. By Wednesday morning, I was in a room of my own. By Wednesday afternoon, I was in the OR. Um, and Friday, I'm I'm home. You know, mm-hmm. I, it just the turnaround and the efficiency, the the care that they gave, because none of it felt. Nobody made me feel um, like just a number, which I appreciate because I I understand that you guys see people day in day out all the time over and over again, and sometimes it just you know when you're working twelve hour shifts, it, it's near the end of that shift you got to just be going through motions, and the difficulty of treating each individual as an individual you know what you guys do is hard uh, oh, you. you do know what RN stands for don't you oh what's that real nice <laughs> you gotta be you gotta have some super thick skin I mean I thought I had to have thick skin going in as a as a bus driver because man we get mistreated, we get abused, we get attacked, we get assaulted, we get uh, we get all kind of you've seen you've seen the news reports. Mm-hmm. You know, but you don't even hear about it with the nurses and 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 man, just being in the hospital, you hear people bad mouthing nurses, you hear people um, the 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 pain and anguish that somebody in another room is going through the the vomit that you know that some nurse or or, or nurse's assistant is going to have to clean up, or the 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 needle the ding 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 here ding 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 there ding ding, dude, how do you guys stay sane? I hear alarms in my sleep sometimes. <laughs> Don't doubt it. I mean. Ooh. I mean, every time I hear a ding for me, it's like, ding, stop requested. Please stand clear of doors and exits when opening. You know, that that's me. But you've got like 500 different... We have, we have, we have call lights. We have alarms of people that are low on oxygen, IV pumps. We learn to recognize all those alarms. And each one's got its own little slightly different intonation, mm-hmm. huh? Yep. Wow. So. Damn. Again. Yeah. And and the main thing of this, besides having my dad on, thank you again for being on, Dad. Um, sure. Is is to give a big thank you to to nurses and medical professionals everywhere. Um especially during COVID-19, essential workers deserve all the things that they can possibly get. In fact, like I, I mentioned this big bag of glorious death wish coffee. I love this stuff. Um, please give them your money. I am not sponsored by them or anything like that, but I got that bag because I had an RN get on my bus on vacation here in Vegas and her husband had a death wish sticker, a death wish coffee sticker on, on his thermos or on his uh, hydro flask thing. And I was like, Hey, you got good taste in coffee. Um, and he's like, yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely do this. This coffee's bomb as hell. And the cool thing is though, is that because my wife's a nurse and then of course I immediately thanked her. Um, but because my wife's a nurse, death wish coffee sent, sent her a whole bunch of uh, free stuff. And, and I was like, dude, that's, that's really, really cool. Any company that's actually going to thank essential workers is cool in my books and they deserve money. Um, and so what I did is I turned around and I messaged them on Facebook and I told them, it's like, Hey, look, I'm a bus driver in Las Vegas. And I found out that you did this for a nurse. I just wanted to say, thank you. I got a message a couple days later. Hey, what's your address? Let me send you something. 
So they sent me a pound of coffee, this coffee mug, which is like a $35 coffee mug. And the, by the way, the pound of coffee is like 20 bucks for a pound. This is, this is the gourmet, really good stuff. Primo um, stuff, huh? Yeah, that, that's the, that's a fancy people stuff. I buy that like once every six months, just when I feel like I need something special. <laughs> um, but, and they sent, they sent me that just for saying thank you. And I'm like, dude, you, you know, I, thank you. You did not have to send that, but I am not going to be stupid enough to turn it away because this stuff is glorious. Um, but yeah, no, if, if, uh, if you have a chance or if you know somebody that loves coffee, buy them death wish, it's great, great stuff. And they deserve all the money they can get. Um, but anyway, we are actually coming up on our hour mark. Um, thank you, dad, for being here. Uh, pleasure. <laughs> I know you didn't get to talk much. It was mostly me ranting and raving about the awesome stuff that you and, and the people in your job do. Um, but thank you not only for being here, but for doing what you do. Um, and for, for those that are listening, please give us a look up on, on, uh, you can just Google us the squirrel tangent on Google and we'll show up the Facebook. Uh, we have a Twitter, which I don't really do anything with. We have a Instagram, which I don't do much with, but we post fairly regular on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. Um, if you're interested in, in helping us out, it does help us keep this podcast going because it is not free. Um, is we have a Patreon, so just look up patreon.com slash the squirrel tangent. And, uh, if, if you feel so generous, please give us a couple ducats. And beyond that though, once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the squirrel tangent.